y'all doing today? Everybody's doing great. Thank you for tuning in with us online. It's a great day here at New Life Church of Mobile. Amen. 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 Man, I'm excited to be here with you today. Update on Camden. So you remember last week we talked about uh, how she came home with the little picture books. Well, this week she came home with the textbook. I was like, huh, okay, <laughs> I, let's not get overzealous now. We just said don't bring the quick picture books home, but she came in with a book like this thick because she was so afraid not to bring home those picture books, but she did a great job reading this week. We'll be like, you don't have to read that book. You can get another one because <laughs> you'll be reading that till next year. That book was so thick, but uh, <laughs> that was pretty funny. But, uh, man, y'all doing great? Everybody looks so good. Look at your neighbor and say, you look so good. Amen. Well, week three. Week three of our series entitled Breaking Free. Breaking free from what? Breaking free from carnality. And... With carnality, why are we talking about this subject? Because as the world moves further and further away from God, us as believers have to make sure we don't lose our salt. We have to stay salty. We can't lose our salt. The fastest way to lose your salt is to blend in and to conform to the things of the world. And our carnal minds are natural, just like what? the world. And if we don't identify areas in our life that are carnal, we'll find ourselves at some point losing our saltiness, where we'll think like the world, act like the world, blend right in at the world, and the world will never know, oh, you're a Christian? I didn't know that. To me, that's like one of the most disrespectful comments someone can make. Oh, I didn't know you were a believer. What you mean you didn't know I was a believer? No, you're going to know that I'm a believer. And why? Not that I'm trying to boast or brag about it. It's just that I want every area of my life to reflect that Jesus is the Lord of my life, that my life is surrendered to him. And even if I, and I, and even if I do have a mistake or a hiccup, guess what? I'm going to admit to it and I'm going to repent and say, you know what? I had an attitude with you. That attitude was wrong. Had to do that to tomorrow this morning. Sorry, sweetie. My attitude was wrong. And I had to humble myself and repent. <laughs> but today, like I said, we're in week three and all the notes are on the app. You could go back on Facebook and watch the messages or you can download the app or go to Spotify and listen to all the messages from the previous series. But today, I need y'all to know one thing from my heart. I love y'all. Can y'all smile at me? I hope y'all still smiling at me at the end of the message. <laughs> It's, it's not, <laughs> I want you to know these are not my words. These are the words from the ins, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to know I love y'all. I'm not picking on you. So if you feel like he's talking about me, I'm not talking about you. I don't create any messages about one person. I really don't. So if you feel like he's picking on me, that's just the Holy Spirit. That's not me, because I don't really know. I might know some things, but I don't know in full detail. So don't ever feel like, oh, pastor picking on me. No, I'm not. It's the Holy Spirit that's picking on you. So if you get upset, tell that corner mind of yours, be quiet. Because last week, matter, matter of fact, it was not funny, but last week I woke up and my stomach was like so bloated and tight, like it was very painful. So much so that I could barely button my shirt. It was like that bloated and that painful. And I just remember the whole morning, I'm like, I don't know. I can't, I can't preach like this. This is it's too painful. I don't know if I'll be able to make it. Came in the sanctuary. I came and sat down like I did and I'm doing right now. And my coronal mom was like, just hurry up and just go through this message so you can go home, try to figure out what's going on and get comfortable. And I didn't say it out loud, but I said, shut up. I'm not about to just blow through this message because that's what my corner mind was saying. They did not even go know. They don't know how long the message is. Just go through it real quick as fast as you can and get out of here. 
That's what my corner mom was telling me. I was like, no, 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 no. Shut up. I'm going to do what the Lord called me to do. And that's what I'm going to do this morning. So that's why I want y'all to know I love y'all. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about the sub- a subject. All these are dealing with all of us, myself included. Y'all ready for the title? All of us have them that we have to be mindful of. Today's title is called Snakes in the Grass. Snakes in the Grass. You have to be careful of snakes in the grass. And snakes love to hide in dark places. Snakes love to to hide in tall grass. So as long as you keep the, they would say, keep the grass cut low. That way you can see those snakes. But if it's hot, you don't see them. But the, oh, I heard this, the only good snake is a what? A dead snake. And that's my philosophy. Only good snake is a dead snake. So today we're going to kill some snakes. We're going to kill some snakes, not, not in, the, in the physical, but in the spiritual, in our lives. And I'm telling you, just open up your heart to receive, and you'll realize maybe one, maybe two, maybe three of these snakes you might be dealing with. But we're going to identify the snakes this morning. Amen? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for who you are in our lives. Thank you for revealing truth. And I pray this morning is no different, that you reveal truth to us. I thank you right now that you open up our hearts to receive and not get defensive or make excuses. But for us to say, Lord, I repent. Lord, I surrender. And I'm breaking free from these snakes in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's going to be three snakes that I'm going to highlight today. And we're going to show pictures of each of those three snakes. And each of those three snakes are going to represent something. And then I'm going to tell you at the end what to look for or how to identify these snakes in your life and how to eliminate them. And also give you some characteristics of those snakes and what they look like in your life. So it's going to be clear. But before we do that, we're going to read our main passage from Romans for this entire series. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So this whole series, we're trying to get out of the Spirit, out of our, I'm sorry, out of the flesh. We're trying to stop living and thinking in the flesh and live and think in the Spirit. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, which we all need. Because the carnal mind is enmity, meaning it means deep-rooted hatred. So you can read it as, because the carnal mind is deep-rooted hatred against God. So you're opposed to, there is deep-rooted hatred towards God, the carnal mind. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Amen. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. So that verse alone shows us we cannot afford to be carnally minded. Because it says that it's deep-rooted hatred against God. That carnal mind of yours, that carnal mind of mine is at war against God. It says hatred, deep hatred. The Pharisees, they felt like they were working for God. But actually, they had deep-rooted hatred towards Jesus. Deep, they, they're supposed to be the teachers of the religious law. They know all the law. But then Jesus comes close to the law. Who, who do he think he is? And in some translations, it, it says that when Jesus taught, it says that they, 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 wanted, well, they, didn't, they wanted to kill him. And we saw that they did. Why is that? Because the carnal mind doesn't like the truth. The carnal mind doesn't like to be called out. So these snakes that we're talking about this morning, some of them that you have, they're not going to like being called out. And when you hear them, you're going to say, that's not me, or you're going to know it's you, and then you're going to say, well, it ain't really that bad. It ain't really that serious. It ain't really that, it, it don't, it, I mean, I, yeah, but nope, no, get rid of all the excuses that you have and just say, yep, that's me. Amen. <laughs> so the first snake we're going to identify today is called the blind snake. You say, what's the blind snake? The blind snake represents the sneaky snake. 
sneakiness. You can go ahead and put up the picture. That is a picture of a blind snake. And then we'll give you some facts about the blind snake. The blind snake will almost always stay underground, only really surfacing if food is scarce or there is a heavy rain flushing them out. They are non-venomous and have limited defensive capabilities. That is the blind snake, but it represents the sneaky snake. It represents the sneakiness in our lives. What is that? It says it almost always stay underground. What about sneakiness? Sneakiness always stays undercover. Because sneakiness is not something that's boastful and that's out there. Sneaking, they, when you sneak it, you just want to do sneaky things. Because you don't want other people to know your real intentions and your real actions. So you try to cover them up. And you stay underground, like the blind snake. You only really, really resurface if something flushes you out. You, sneaky people only really surface when they want to be sneaky. If they don't want to be sneaky, they just stay underground. But as, time is, as soon as it's time to be sneaky, oh, their true actions, they come out. Sneakiness is not a mistake or a shortcoming. It's intentional. You know, some people try to excuse their sneakiness. Well, you know, everybody's not perfect, and, and I'm working. No, no, no. It's not a mistake. It's not a shortcoming. You being intentional sneaky. I never met a sneaky person that wasn't intentional about being sneaky. I know because I used to be very sneaky. I know of what I speak. <laughs> you have to be intentional to be sneaky. Sneaky people, they only show you what they want you to see. So when trouble comes, other people are surprised that you're walking through the things that you're walking through. It's like, how, what, when did, when, what, how, how are you going through that? I didn't know you, why is that? Because they only allow you to see certain aspects of their life and the sneaky parts, when trouble comes and it arises to the surface, you're like, what, I didn't even know you was dealing with that. Yeah, you didn't because they was being sneaky. They didn't want you to know that aspect or that facet of their life. So they keep it underground, but when, when trouble arises and it's exposed, then their sneakiness is exposed, and it really reveals who they really are. You ever been surprised by some news of someone? And you like, them? Yes, them. No, no, not Susie. Yes, Susie. That's Su that Susie with the blue hair? That's Susie with the blue. And it's like, I'm just trying to make, because I don't want my to think I'm talking about them. So what I'm saying is, sneakiness likes to stay underground. Oh, but when it surfaces, it could be trouble. Sneaky people love to accuse people for not understanding them or their situation. Well, if people was really there for me, I wouldn't have to go through the things that I go through. You just don't understand how hard it is. I hear this a lot of times. You just don't understand how hard it is for single people. That's why I'm doing No, you just want to be sneaky. You're going out doing shady things, and then you get, when it's brought to the surface, you want to accuse everyone else and make excuses and say, nobody understands me or my situation. No, we understand perfectly clear. You just want to be sneaky. You want to be shady. And sneakiness always wants to accuse other people and never take responsibility for themselves. Always want to accuse people. When the Lord gives you victory over an area, sneaky people still play around in that area, which causes them to continue to battle instead of overcoming. When God gives you victory over something, stay free. Don't go back and keep playing with it. But the thing is, sneaky people, God has given them the victory to overcome whatever their issues are. But instead of overcoming and, and, and dealing with it, they keep playing with it. And they can, oh, he's going to make a way of escape. Yeah, but the way of escape was him giving you the victory to overcome. But you keep playing with it, so you'll never overcome it. And it'll always be an issue because you keep dibbling and dabbling, you get free for a little bit, but then you go back and play with it again because you don't truly really want to overcome your sneakiness. But if God has caused you to be free, stay free. Amen? 
if you continue to battle with certain things, it's not because God hadn't given you the victory. It's because truly you just want to battle. You just want to keep battling, whatever it is. If you keep battling with the same thing over and over, it's not that God hadn't given you the victory. You just choose not to fight and overcome. You just want to continue to battle. Proverbs chapter 24, 12, it says, don't excuse yourself by saying, look, we didn't know, for God understands all hearts, and he sees you. Uh-oh. Read that again. Don't excuse yourself by saying, look, we, I didn't know. Yes, you did. For God understands all hearts, and he sees you. He who guards your soul knows you knew. He will repay all people as their actions deserve. So you can't use that excuse. Oh, I just didn't know. I would, no, no, no. The one that watches, that guards your soul knows you knew. So when that sneakiness arises, you can't just, oh, this just a little personal flaw. No, he knew that you knew, and that and now he's going to give you back whatever you deserve, what your actions deserve. He knew you knew. Sneakiness. So how do we check for sneakiness in our life? These are some areas I just wrote down to check. Check for sneakiness in your finances. You say, well, how are you sneaking in your finances? Well, if you're married, that's spending without your spouse knowing what you're spending on. You want to buy stuff and then hide it in the closet. Or you want to buy stuff, hide it under the bed, and then bring it out months later like you just, like, oh, I had this forever. No, you didn't. You just bought that. What is that? That's sneaky. What is that? That's hiding money to the side. This is my little rainy day fund. No, no, nobody needs to know about this little rainy day fund I have on the side. What is that? That's sneakiness. You know, you just always, and I've heard people tell, somebody told tomorrow, this was before we got married. Now, you need to start you a little fund just in case something happens. So why in the world would we get married going into it? Well, we'll just see what happens. No, if we get married, it's, I know this is to death do us part. So why do I need to sneak around and do other things on the side with my finances? No, we're an open book. I'm not sneaking around in my finances. She has all access just like I do. And so there's no sneaking around in our finances. And if you're single, you can sneak on yourself. You can deceive yourself with your sneakiness. Well, let me see how I can work this out. I can, you see, maybe I can get it and then pay on it at a little month at a time and buy that month, I can pay it off by then. And by that time, the other bill that I owe, then once that's coming off, I can add that to this, but you never do it. Just sneak it with your finances. Because you really don't want to know what, you don't want people to know what you're really doing. Or if you buy something, the people buy, catch you buying something, what you try to sneak and put it away? I don't want them to see that. Because they're going to think I got, oh, I don't want them to know what I'm doing with my money. Sneaky with your finances. Sneakiness. What else is there? We have to check for sneakiness in our relationships. Who you tiptoeing with on the phone late at night? Who you texting and DMing? Who you hanging out with? You have to be careful and catch the sneakiness. You know, there's someone that tomorrow and I know that, we love this person dearly, but this person has so many different pockets of friends. I mean, it's so many pockets of friends, you can't even keep up with them. But it's something sneaky and shady about certain pockets of friends, and they know which ones to go to to do certain things. But when they want to act godly, they know which friends to go to as well. So you have to make sure, am I being sneaky in my relationships. Oh, that's just a friend. Is it really just a friend? They ain't nobody to worry about. They, we've been cool since we was little. Sneakiness. Are you sneaky on your job? What does that mean? Well, I know the clock gives you a little 10-minute buffer. So really, if I come in at 9, 10, it's like I'm coming in at nine o'clock, because the clock resets back those 10-minute little buffers. And if you never had a job like that, don't worry about what I'm talking about. Don't try to sneak around and figure it out. 
But my point is, don't be sneaky on the job. What is it? Don't be sneaky on the job trying to get other people in trouble. Well, boss, you know, such and such, they came in a little late today. I saw them running. They was coming in the parking lot on two wheels. Just being sneaky, doing things. Make sure you're not being sneaky on the worst in the workplace. For a blind snake, the only way to, to eliminate a blind snake is to eliminate its habitat. You eliminate the habitat, you eliminate the blind snake. With sneakiness, you eliminate the sneaky behavior, you eliminate sneakiness. So you have to say, I have to identify these sneaky traits and behaviors in my life and say, I'm going to overcome this and I'm going to eliminate the habitat that's breeding the sneakiness. And once you do that, guess what? You can break through from sneakiness. Say, I'm breaking free from sneakiness. And there's so much more, but I'm going to spare you right now. That's the first snake, is the sneaky snake or the blind snake. Second snake, the garter snake. What is the garter snake? This is the manipulating snake. The manipulating snake. Oh, look at that one. Oh, let me tell you how quick, funny. I meant to tell you this at the beginning. I just thought about it. A snake story. So Tamara and I have been married for about a month. And this will help you all too, catch your breath and get your thoughts together. So Tamara and I have been married for a little over a month. Camden was about five or six months at this time. And we were living in an apartment. And this is on April. We've been married over a month, over a year. That's what I meant. I thought I said a year. I said a month. Oh, my bad. Over a year. We had been married a little over a year. Camden was about six or seven months. Sorry. Yes, that's the timeline. And so we were living in an apartment. And this is April Fool's Day. So it's about, I guess, 9, 10 o'clock at night. I go into the kitchen. And there's something out of my peripheral. I see something. And I look down. It's a snake. But it's on a sticky trap. And I'm like... She in here trying to get me. <laughs> she think I'm going to fall for the rubber snake on April Fool's Day. And so I just go over there, and then I look at it again. I said, I mean, that's a pretty big rubber snake. <laughs> and then I walk out of there, and I kind of like touched it, and it moved. I said, oh. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I start high-stepping. And I said, you trying to get me. I said, I know you're you trying to get me, huh? And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, ah, you're trying to get me. I was like, I know you're you trying to get me this April Fool's. I'm not falling for it. And she was like, what do you talk? I was like, you put that snake in the kitchen, didn't you? And she said, what snake? And she walked over there and saw the snake, too. And that's when I realized this was not an April Fool's joke. This is a real snake. So that night, we gathered Camden and our belongings, and we left. <laughs> I don't mess with snakes. <laughs> so we called the, uh, the apartment manager and the maintenance crew and let them know, hey, we out of here. Y'all can come in and take care of this snake, but we're not going to be here. Y'all have a key. Y'all can get in. And so we went and stayed with some friends that night because I was not messing with the snake. And by the time we returned the next day, the snake was gone. But I don't know. I guess it came through the drain from the dishwasher. But I don't know, it was just a snake there, but that was just a funny snake story. So back to the message. The garter snake. This is the manipulating snake. The garter snake are non-venomous, but can be fairly aggressive and will readily strike and bite, sometimes causing an allergic reaction in humans. Ooh, doesn't that sound like manipulation? Manipulation can cause an allergic reaction in humans when you're being manipulated. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 through 14, it says, These people are false prophets. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Isn't it ironic that uh, the word says that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. People that manipulate 
manipulate or they disguise themselves as someone else. Because someone that manipulates, they never just come out and let you, oh, hey, I'm about to manipulate you. That, that's not how it works. They always disguise themselves as someone else because they know they have true intentions. So really, they're true and they're twist, they twist, uh, I'm sorry, tw they twist your true intentions. If you're holding, withholding or twisting entire truths from someone, that is manipulation. So if you never tell someone the entire truth or half truths or just little bit, bitty pieces of the story, that is a form of manipulation because you don't want them to know the full story. But when there's the, you tell the full story, there's no way to manipulate. It's the truth. But if you tell half-truth, you can manipulate it to put it in your favor. Has anybody ever done that before? Well, I'm going to just say it like this. I'm going to say it really happened like this. So that way, it may, won't make me seem as bad. Nope, that's manipulation. Manipulation also, it forces, it's a forcing of your idea, agenda, or beliefs on others. It's a, really what it is, is it's a form of control. Manipulation is a form of control. To control someone or something, and it also takes advantage of someone's pure heart. It's always a shame when little kids get manipulated, when little kids get taken advantage of. Why? Because little kids have such a pure heart. They're so trusting. And then they get manipulated by some, an adult, or an older person, a person they look up to. Maybe that happened to you in your adult age. Someone that you looked up to manipulated you, and they took advantage of your pure heart. But manipulation is a real thing. Manipulators, they sell you a dream based on nothing. You know, in college, playing baseball, I had so many teammates, and what they would always say this when talking about dealing with girls. Man, I sold so many dreams today. Boy, I, boy, this one, I told, I, boy, I sold her a dream so good today. And what they're saying is pretty much they're manipulating girls, telling them whatever it is they want to hear or need to hear to get what they want. Selling dreams based on nothing. And they fall for it. And I saw it fall for it all the time. I'm like, how in the world do you really think this dude is telling the truth? But if it's what you want to hear, you're going to fall for it every time. If you're looking for love, if you're looking for acceptance, and you're looking for something, someone knows that, and they say, I can manipulate them. I can tell them whatever I want to. They're going to believe it. And I'm telling you, these dudes used to sell some dreams. But the point is, all of us at some point have, so, have fallen for a dream where someone has manipulated us, or maybe you're the one that's been selling the dreams. So you have to ask yourself, am I currently being manipulated or, I, or am I being the manipulator? Because there's either two. You either get manipulated or you're doing the manipulation. And we have to make sure, am I catching this snake of manipulation in my life? Manipulation makes a false reality more appealing than the consequences. I'll say it again. Manipulation makes the false reality of whatever it is that you're telling more appealing than the consequences. I'll give you an example. Think about Adam and Eve in the garden. Who did the snake, I'm sorry, I told you the answer. Who did the devil disguise himself as? The serpent. And, and he came and he told them, hey, if you eat this fruit, you will be like God. He made the false reality seem more, more appealing and better than the consequences of what was going to happen if they did it. And what did they do? They fell for it. Why? Because they fell for a false reality that was more appealing than thinking about the consequences of what would happen. And so many times, all we think about is the appealing false reality and not the consequences of what's to come. But when you identify those snakes, you have to say, man, I'm going to make sure I'm not allowing these snakes of manipulation to control me. Faith is always found in faith. Faith is always in favor of you. Manipulation is always in favor of the manipulator. Faith is in your favor. The person, being, the, the person doing the manipulating is always in their favor. Everything they do is for their gain, for their control, for their whatever. 
is for them. Proverbs 13:11 it says, "Wealth from get rich quick schemes quickly disappear. Wealth from hard work grows over time." What does that mean? That means this. It means this that the manipulator is always looking to get over. Always looking to get over. Always looking for that quick get rich, not a get quick, I mean the get rich quick scheme in this case, but in a sense, they're looking to gain something from you. They're looking to manipulate you to gain something that instead of saying, you know what, I'm gonna build in this relationship to have something that's gonna last forever that's gonna last a long time. It may take a little longer to get there, but guess what, we are gonna get there. But a manipulator says, how can I do it quickly? Because I don't have time to waste. If it does, it's taking too long, I'm on to the next. But we, how do we do? We have to check the snakes of manipulation in the areas of our life that we have control in or authority in. What is this? We have to make sure, are we manipulating our family members? Parents, this is big for parents, especially parents with older kids. Because parents with older kids can find themselves in a place of manipulating their kids. What do I mean? They, they, they try to control their lives so much that they put a stranglehold on them and don't even, well, they may realize it, but the kids are like, uh, the, the dad or the mom is suffocating them and, and they can't get free from it. But all it is is the parents still want to have the control over the child's life. And once they reach a certain age, you have to say, you know what? I've raised you the best as I can. You have to make your own decisions. I'm always be here for you. But you have to make your own decisions. But if you're always trying to get in their business, make decisions for them, well, this is what you need to do, and I'm going to help you do it, and you're manipulating them all because you really want the control in their life, guess what? That is not a good thing. You just want to control them. So we have to make sure that also we're not manipulating our finances. I'm the breadwinner. I'm the one making the money around here. I don't see your name on none of the bills. And you try to, con- <laughs> somebody say, don't look at me like that. <laughs> but you can, you can try to control someone with the finances. You know, I make all the decisions. I'm the one making the money, so what I say goes, and you're going to get in line with it. What is it? That's control. There was a, a this, so now that, so you know, this is not someone here, because this happened back in Baton Rouge. But there was this couple that had been married, and they were having a lot of issues in the marriage. And come to find out, like the wife, she was have had holes in her shoes, and she would wear the same clothes like every day, every week, and come to find out the husband didn't give her access to any of the money. He would just give her the debit card only to go grocery shopping or to buy certain things, but he, he didn't even give her access to the account because he wanted to control everything. And it was a lot more deeper than that, and it was a lot of layers to that. But the point is, he used that as a form of control. Since you won't do what I say, I'm going to control you through the finances. So you have to make sure that's not going on. Also, you can manipulate through your emotions. That is a big form of manipulation. You're going to make everybody feel bad. You want to make everybody feel sorry for you. But all you're doing is trying to manipulate them to do what you want them to do. Oh, you won't understand how hard it is for me. It's a tough time I'm going through. What you need me to do for you? Well, actually, you can do this. And it's all you using your emotions. You using your emotions to get people to do what you want them to do. That's manipulation, and that is not right. And we have to make sure, and that's the easiest form of manipulation is emotions, especially to the people that love you and that's closest to you. Because, you know, you could put on some little crocodile tears and at the drop of a dime, Especially little kids, they love to do that. That's easy for little kids. (laughs) But we have to check the snake of manipulation and say, am I using my emotions as a way to manipulate other people to do what I want them to do? Remember, we breaking free this morning, amen? Breaking free 
from manipulation. To eliminate the garter snake, you have to call the exterminator to treat your yard from its life source. What manipulation really is, is this, is lying. So stop lying. Stop lying, tell the truth. Proverbs 12, verse 22, it says, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who do what? Tell the truth. Stop lying. So tell yourself, stop manipulating, stop lying, because all manipulation really is at its core is lying. You're lying. You're lying in all those aspects to get what you want. But the Lord says he detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. So how do you get rid of the Tell the truth. Just be honest. Tell the truth. Don't control. Don't use your emotions. None of that. Just tell the truth. Amen. The third and final snake we're going to talk about today is the king cobra. The king cobra. Oh, look at the king cobra. You see, National Geographic Explorer make them look so pretty. This is about as close as I'll get to a king cobra. But the king cobra represents the posing snake, a poser, a posing snake. The king cobra it prefers to escape it, it prefer, in, in a striking situ or defensive situation. It prefers to escape unless it's provoked. Despite its aggressive reputation, the king cobra is actually more cautious than smaller snakes. The cobra only attacks people when it is cornered in self-defense or to protect its eggs. When you think about someone that's a poser, the only time they really attack is when you call them out on their posing behavior. Well, I thought you was a Christian, but why are you acting like this? What you mean you got, oh, well, see, they go, that, go that aggressive behavior. It just came out of nowhere, just like the King Cobra. But if you don't get called out, you're not gonna be aggressive. But as soon as you're getting called out for being a poser, Oh, that aggressive nature, it, it comes out. It's ready to bite. It's ready to extract some venom. It's ready to do some damage, like the king cobra. But its natural instinct is to stay back. Because as long as I can stay back, I can continue to pose. I can, can continue to portray the image that I want you to think that I am. But when you call me out on it, I'm ready to attack. That's the poser. 2 Timothy 3.5, they will act religious but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. That's what the word says. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away. It says stay away. Don't, well, we just working on it because nobody's perfect. No, no, no. Stay away from people like that. Pretending to be godly, but denying the power that can make them godly. What does this mean? These are over-spiritual people. They make everything. It's like to say, you more, uh, I just lost the phrase, how to, how to describe it. But it's like, you really no good because you're too spiritual. It's like, you no earthly good because you're so spiritual. It's like, nobody can talk to you. In, in the word or in the truth, because everything is so spiritual. But everything is not spiritual. But you make it, because, but all it is is a religious act. It's, you have a scripture for everything, but you don't live by the scripture. You want to quote the scriptures, but you're not applying the scriptures to your life. You just want to act religious, but you deny the power that can actually make you godly. You deny the power that can actually make you overcome. You just want to pose and act the part. You just want to post on Instagram, got my word in for today. Hashtag devotions. You just want to post the picture that I went to church today to check it off the list. Went to church today, got that word. Hallelujah. You just want to pose. You just want to make people think, oh, they got it all together. But truly, you a devil in disguise. You're a poser. You're posing. Posers are never good examples. They will not practice what they preach. What they will say is, 
do what I say, not as I do. Just do what I say. Don't do as I do. They say that all the time. Or, they, or if there's a situation, they want to give you some scriptures. And in your mind, you want to say, but are you living them scriptures? You trying to come and give me advice, but do you even listen to your own advice? No. You just want to, oh, child, let me tell you. You just Sometimes you just got to give it to the Lord and pray and seek his face and tarry all night. You don't do that yourself. So why are you going to tell me to do that? Posing. Just putting on the front. This person, the poser, they can seem mysterious and hard to understand things about them. If someone is always seeming mysterious and you're like, man, I just, I, I just, it's just hard to put my finger on them. Why is that? Because they're a poser. They're a poser. You're never going to understand a poser because they all, they like a chameleon. They always switching up on you. They know how to switch up depending on which crowd they're in. So when they're in a crowd of friends that live in the world, they know how to act just like them. And when they're in the church, they know how to just pose for that too. And they fit in and blend in with all the crowds that surround them. Everything is so complicated for posers, but God never brings anything, anything complicated in your life. If everything about your life is complicated, that is not of God. God is not a God of confusion. God is a God of truth. He wants you to be authentically who he created you to be. So if you have to put on the front of who you think you should be, that's exhausting. It's complicated. I'm just a complicated individual. No, you're not. You're a poser. People just don't get me. Yeah, they don't get you because you're posing. They're trying to understand, why don't they just be real all the time? But you can't because you're posing. <laughs> and then when you get called out on it, you want to lash out. You want to strike. And it's like, I thought they was a sweet person. Oh, until you cross them. Oh, I thought they were so nice and they always smiling. Yeah, until you cross them or you call them out on something and you bring the truth to them. They, they don't like that. So how do we check... For the posing inside of us, we have to ask ourselves, am I walking in obedience to what God has said or has already spoken? Am I walking in obedience to God's word and what he has spoken? Because if you walk in obedience to what God has said and he's already spoken, it's going to be hard to pose. Because you're too busy trying to be obedient to God. And God will always lead you to truth. And if you walk in the truth, you're not posing. But posing is deception. That's of the enemy. You obedient to God and his word and what he spoke, you're going to walk in truth. There's no time to pose. I don't have to. Some people say, well, I'm li- they, they've been in here for three years. Let's see how long this act going to last. This ain't an act. If this was an act, I would have been exhausted a long time ago. This is who God created me to be. I'm going to live by faith no matter what the circumstances may say. I'm not posing. <laughs> this, this, this is not a front. This is not a facade. But, but some people think that everybody else is like that because that's how they really are. Posers get tired and they want to call out other posers as well. But like, guess what? They're not posing. You are. You just want them to be a poser because you want to identify and feel better about your posing ways. So you have to check and make sure, am I walking in obedience to God and his word? Check your attitudes towards God and God's people. That's another way to check are you posing. Because you can have certain attitudes towards God and his people that push you away. You know, God, I'm really upset with you right now. And you put on this front, oh, I love the Lord. Oh, I love the Lord. He's so good and merciful. We just said today in church that his good gifts are good and perfect, but inside your heart, you're mad. You have a broken heart, you're bitter, you're upset. And when you get alone with God, you don't even want to pray. Can't even close your eyes to pray or lift your head to pray 
because there's something in the inside your attitudes, and that causes you to have certain attitudes towards God's people as well. They always so happy. Why are they smiling all the time? They just being fake. No, they're not. They're full of joy. And you wish you had the joy that they had, so now you have an attitude towards God's people. They just think their marriage is so perfect. They think they have it all together. No, they don't. They just loving the Lord. And as a result, it's displayed in their love for each other. But we have to check our attitudes. Also, what do we do? We are, uh, check your attitudes towards God and his people, and we have to make sure that we're not contentious or starting division in church, in our families, or on the job, because all these things are a lack of maturity. If you're always starting division and strife and animosity and contention in church circles, in your family, in your job, that's a clear sign that you're an immature individual. Because immaturity breeds division. A mature person says, I need to join and bring everybody together. Immaturity says, uh-uh, because if everybody gets together, they're going to team up against me. And then they're going to they push me out the way, and I can't control like I want to control. So you have to check. We all have to check those areas in our life. To eliminate the king cobra, you need a mongoose. If you don't know what a mongoose is, look it up. You need a mongoose. The mongoose can withstand the venom of a bite of a king cobra, but he uses his speed to kill it. So while the king cobra is trying to strike, the mongoose is already moving and bit him on his neck twice. And now the mongoose, if you see the teeth of the mongoose, you see what I'm talking about. And it kill, the mongoose can kill a king cobra because it uses his agility and his speed, and, it's, and it can withstand the venom of a king cobra. So what does that mean? To overcome the posing, you need someone stronger than you. Who is that? That's God. You need God to come in and say, God, I need you to help me to overcome this posing ways that I have. These insecurities, because posing really is insecurity. Like, help me overcome these insecurities that I have on the inside of me that are causing me to pose and to pretend to be someone that I'm really not. God, I need your strength. You're greater than me. Your thoughts are higher than mine. Help me overcome my opposing ways. Amen? Amen. Amen. So first, we have the blind snake. We're going to ask the Lord, Lord, get this sneakiness out of me. Garter snake, the second one. Lord, take the manipulation out of me. And the third one, the king cobra, which is the posing snake. Lord, free us from the posing syndrome. Amen? Amen. Y'all still love me? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Just like with every message, just ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to do with this message? How would you have me respond? Are any of these three snakes that we're talking about, am I dealing with one of them or all of them? Lord, I thank you that you're dealing with our hearts this morning. Lord, I pray that we would come to a place of humility where we could come before you and say, Lord, I need your help. I'm struggling in this area of sneakiness. I'm struggling with manipulation. I'm struggling with posing. But I know that you can help me overcome. I know that victory is in you. And Lord, I cry out to you. And I know when I cry out to you, you will answer. So Lord, give us the strength that we need to overcome overcome and break free from these snakes in our lives. Oh, Lord, I thank you right now for your presence. Lord, I thank you for your mercy and your grace. Oh, Lord, we need your mercy and your grace. It's a free gift. All you have to do is receive it. You don't have to work for it. You just have to receive it. So receive his mercy and his grace right now. Thank you, Lord, for helping us overcome these areas of our lives to break free from the snakes in the grass. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Let me give one final invitation. That's for anyone in here that, man, we're talking about the snakes, but you realize I need to come into right relationship with God. 
if you're away from the Lord and you want to come back to him, maybe you're watching online and you're watching this, uh, uh, this video right now, maybe at a later date, but you say, man, I need to come into right relationship with the Lord. I need him to forgive me of my sins. If that's you, whether you're watching online or you're in the room and you want to come into right relationship with the Lord, with no one else looking around, just lift your hand and I want to pray for you. Amen. Max, everyone, just to place their hand over their heart. Just repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit, thank you for forgiving me. I thank you that my sins are forgiven and I receive your mercy and your grace. Thank you for writing my name in the Lamb's Book of Life that I will rule and reign with you forever in eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. And if you prayed that prayer, congratulations. That's the best decision you will ever make in your life. And if you're online, in the comment section, write, uh, you could just write, I made a decision, or you can em uh, email us at info at newlifemobile.org. We'd love to reach out to you, tell you congratulations, and pray with you about anything that you may need prayer for. But if you're in the room, and the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, I made a decision. Fill that out. You could drop it in the offering bucket on the way out. Come on, let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. Amen. Well, I'm going to give you a couple of announcements, and then you guys online are dismissed. Uh, first announcement. Uh, this Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. is Life Group. So we're going to have a very special theme, Life Group, uh, Thanksgiving. Thanks for giving. So you could join us this Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. right here at the church. We're going to eat a meal together. Then we're going to break off into our groups, men groups, ladies group, young adults group, kids groups. It's going uh, to be a lot of fun this Wednesday, 6.30. We love to invite you to that. Also, if you're prepared to give, you can give. There's a couple ways you could do that. You could download the app or you could go to our website at newlifemobile.org and you can give that way as well. But we're going to pray for those that are prepared to give, and then you guys online are dismissed. Lord, I thank you for those giving today. I thank you that you bless them and meet all of their needs. Lord, I pray that there will be no lack in their home. I thank you, Lord God, that you're with them in all that they do and that they're victorious and overcomers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us this Sunday. Love to see you this Wednesday, 630 for Life Group. Y'all have a great, great Sunday. Amen. All right. So if you're prepared to give, you can come and give in, uh, in a few moments, but I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over you guys, and then you guys are dismissed as well. You can stand to your feet.